Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Welcome to the Best of the Pool Guy podcast show. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Rudy Stinkowicz. This goes back all the way to April 2021 when we talk about algae and ways to prevent it. And over the course of the last couple of years, Rudy Stinkowicz has become known as an expert in the field on algae. He has a book and a course on algae. And I think you can get a lot of great information from these next two episodes, this is part one, and there's going to be a part two to it, where I talk to Rudy about ways to prevent algae. We'll go over different types of algae and all of the knowledge that he's gained by studying algae for the book that he created and the course that he created. And this is very relevant today because algae, of course, is going to be your biggest problem with your pools, pools and with your pool service customers. And the biggest complaint you're going to get all the time is having algae in the pool and it also wastes a lot of your time out there on your pool route. So learning how to tackle and treat and control algae on your route is really important and significant. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So I'm joined today by Rudy Stinkowicz, and he is he does a lot of things, first of all. And I'll, I'll probably let him introduce himself because he has so many things that he does, and I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> so how are you doing today, Rudy? I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, David. I, 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 always, enjoy, I always enjoy chatting with you on your show and getting to talk to the folks um, that listen to it. So doing well. Yeah, so why don't you go over your background for the listeners so they kind of, kind of know your background in the industry. Well, I've been in the industry. This actually April 18th will be 30 years to the date. So that'll be 30 years for me in the pool industry. So a good long while. Like most people, I didn't intend on a career in the swimming pool industry. It just kind of happened. I ets from the service and needed a job and did not know how to transition any of the skills that I would picked up while I was in the uh, military and I went a good while. Um, and of course, I was young, so I was answering questions like you would answer questions when you're young, you know, for, and just normal interview questions, David. Like, for example, you know, you always get the one, tell me about something that, tell me about the most stressful thing you went through in your last career. Well, I just came out of the infantry, so, <laughs> and a lot of times they'd sit there, you know, with their jaw gaping, it wasn't what they were really looking for. And of course, I didn't know how to really spin it to give them what they were looking for either. But after a little bit, I, I saw an ad for an assistant manager at a pool store. And I said, well, you know, I can do that. So I went over there to check it out and filled out the application. And they hired me and I swore up and down I would keep looking. The pools were not going to be the life for me. Um I ended up being with that company, that store for uh, 10 years. And then uh, 
from there, I went and worked for a couple of different manufacturers. After that, I decided to open my own swimming pool service company here in North Central Florida, which I operated for close to 10 years. Um, then I had some mobility issues. I know you're aware of those, which kind of it, it's hard to service pools when you can't walk. So <laughs> we had to uh, take a step back and come up with a new plan. So I sold that company, uh, the whole company, route, trucks, equipment, um, and my, you know, on the condition that my techs, you know, maintained a job as well. And I, I did okay with that. But, you know, I'm not ready to retire. I'm still kind of young. We'll go with kind of young. Um, so I had to figure out something to do. So I decided that I would try teaching and consulting and use that as a way to give back a little bit. The pool industry, even though I didn't want to be in it, was very, very good to me. So I wanted to be able to contribute. And, you know, teaching teaching does that. It helps to, you know, not necessarily... Um, I don't believe anybody should ever have to reinvent the wheel. I think it's better if we pass the torch. We've been through that. We've, you know, we've gotten as far as we can. If the next folks that come along can go even further because of our help, our, you know, mentoring or, or what have you, and that's what we should do. So anyway, that's how I ended up here. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I do a bunch of different things. I have a column in Pool Pro Magazine uh, that I write. I uh, do the CPO classes. I teach AFO classes as well. I have a couple of my own classes that I teach. I'm also a published author. I have, uh, I have a psychological thriller. I have a series of children's books. And then I have a book on uh, the latest on the how to get rid of swimming pool algae. So that's, that's the gamut there. And, uh, you know, outside of that, I like to travel. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, the reason the reason why we're we're here today is for that book, the How to Get Rid and Prevent Swimming Pool Algae. It's the original title there, you know. You yes. Can't, can't mistake that for anything else. No. <laughs> I wanted to call it what it is. Yeah. So it is um, <laughs> definitely um it definitely tells you what it is. Yeah, and you know, I read the whole book through and you start off the book I think in the right place and that is ways for the service pro to actually prevent the algae and you know some of the things you mentioned are very basic in the book and you go over some of the chemistry but let's start with the first point and this one here i don't think a lot of guys are going to like this but your first point is <laughs> brushing every pool every time you visit the stop well not necessarily well not necessarily every time you know I'd rather it's done every time because it's easier to make it part of your routine that way. Honestly, yeah. I mean, and we're talking about with a once a week visit, if you're brushing it every other week, that's probably great, but it doesn't really lend toward becoming routine. Brushing it every time you're out there does that, that becomes more of a habit. It's easier to keep with that. And yeah, I, I don't know if a lot of folks like that or not. I know when I was out there, I did brush every single time and uh it does keep you in good shape for sure uh but it's so important it's one of the easiest things you can do to prevent algae you got to keep in mind algae is microscopic and you don't see it until there is a ton of it in the pool seriously so we could almost assume that it's almost always there to one extent or another and what we're actually doing is controlling it we're keeping it from getting to that point where it's visible 
Hopefully we get it to the point where there's none, but there's probably always some there to some extent. So by brushing the walls, most a lot of different types of algae adhere to walls, right? They have that schmear adhesion thing going on. By brushing the walls, you're dislodging a lot of that algae. It's kind of like if you had a plant in your yard and you tore it out by the roots and then planted it somewhere else. Chances are that plant's going to die just from the shock of being ripped out of the ground. Mm -hmm. You're also now giving chemicals a 360-degree radius in which they can attack that cell, where when it's adhered to the wall, it only has really the one side to focus on. Then the potential for it to be filtered out. So that's that's super important. And if we look at things along the lines of black algae, we know chlorine cannot penetrate this. I'm going to call it the slime, the slime layer of black algae. Chlorine works on the surface. It does peel off layers, but it works on the surface. It can't actually penetrate the slime to get through to the cell. So brushing, when we are trying to prevent algae, works especially well with preventing black algae because it does help to remove that slime layer so the chlorine in the water can actually get to the bacteria which makes up that biofilm which is what black algae actually is. Yeah, so I think you know the idea behind the book of writing a book specifically on algae um, is a great idea. I wish I would have thought of it Thank myself. You. <laughs> you have a book, I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> so. uh, but I think a book specifically on one of the biggest plagues of the pool industry, because I think this is one of the biggest problems people run into is the algae thing. This is probably the most calls you get from customers. They see algae is very visible and they'll call you and complain. And I think most accounts are lost because of this problem, the algae problem. Customers don't put up with it. They don't like it. Um, and so you mentioned in the book something that I found interesting that I didn't think about. And that's looking at the surrounding around the pool and how that can contribute to the algae itself. You want to go over that for the listeners? Well, sure. Uh, well, let me address the first part of that statement first. I wrote the book specifically on the prevention of algae because a book on the prevention of algae doesn't exist or didn't exist. It does now. But if you look at all of the different books that are available for pool care, you have complete pool care. You have complete pool maintenance. You have things along those lines that cover everything from A to Z. And they do touch upon algae prevention right and how to get rid of algae but it's brief and that's fine those books are fantastic and they accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish but i wanted something that just focused like you said on the major we'll call it a plague that we deal with um and really gets that point across because there's so much more to it than we normally see. So that's why I wanted a book specifically on that topic. Now, as far as taking the environment and things around the pool into account, we have to consider that a swimming pool is open to everything, right? It's not sealed off. It's out in your backyard or somebody's backyard or at a facility. There's no cover. Anything that happens in that area is going to affect that pool. So it's kind of makes perfect sense that when you go to this pool that you take a look at all of these things. So for years in talking to students, I would always tell them, you know, remember back in the 90s, we had this expression, we would say you need to think outside the box. 
Mm -hmm. right? Everything was think outside the box. You couldn't see a help wanted ad that didn't say we want out of the box thinkers. You couldn't interview somebody, David, why should I hire you? Well, I think outside the box. <laughs> that was the response you'd get. So isn't a swimming pool really just a box filled with water? So that's all I'm asking for is the same thing. I want to think outside the box. I want to think outside the pool. I want to look up. I want to look left. I want to look right. I want to look at everything that's around in that area that can affect this pool. And it lends more toward um, treating the pool as an individual, understanding that, yes, a pool is a pool, but they're kind of like a fingerprint, right? Everybody has one, but they're all unique. And it's unique to those yard conditions. It's unique to the people that own it, to the pets. Um, so we do really have to look at all of those factors in the area. And I know uh, one of the things we spoke about was proximity to a natural body of water right? Mm -hmm. So if we have a pond or a lake or something along those lines nearby, one of the things we have to consider is how algae gets to the swimming pool, right? So if you're close to a natural body of water, what happens, algae spores are airborne. And the way they get into the air is when something splashes, a fish jumps, a branch falls, if it's a big enough lake or it's windy enough when waves crash to the shore, all of that sends algae spores into the air. Heavy rain can do it. Even fog can pull it through an electrostatic mist. It can actually pull these spores along. But the pools that are closer, think of the concentration moving through the air. And as it's moving through the air, there's fallout, there's fallout, there's fallout as it chugs along. Those pools that are right next to that natural body of water, they're getting the greatest concentration of spores compared to one that's further away. So that pool needs to be more of a focus. There, there's more preventative measures that need to be in place for that pool than one that we have that's further away from that body of water. Does this make sense? Yeah, total sense. Okay. And you mentioned also something in even closer proximity, like a screened-in pool in Florida which, you know, we're jealous of you guys down there with those pools that are screened in. But oh. you definitely said they're contributing to algae, too, in some cases. They can. They, they definitely can. Uh, I wouldn't be jealous. They, they definitely come with their own problems. They're fantastic for keeping leaves out of the pool. They do a great job at keeping insects, you know, like mosquitoes and such, off of the folks that are hanging out on the back patios and such. But they don't keep animals out. Snakes are constantly still in the pools. If a gator wants to come through the screen, the gator comes through the screen. That's just how it is. These are big, heavy animals that are just plowing forward. Uh, so there's not a benefit there. But screens eventually get to the point where they need to be cleaned. And if you have screen windows at your home, you see the same thing. You have to periodically clean those. If this is not being done, it holds debris. You can see they get that green tint to them. So it holds all these different organics. And up on the top, you can get leaf debris, you can get pine needles, you can get things all along those lines that just set there if they're not being cleaned on a regular basis. And it sounds like it would be a simple enough thing to do, but the reality of it is, is that folks aren't really good about that. So we remind them and we remind them and we tell them that it needs to be done. But... It's no secret that we don't get as much rain over the winter months as we do as in the summer. So all of that stuff over the winter dries and dries and dehydrates. And then we get to March and we get that first 
blast of rain, those torrential downpours that you can see in Florida. It's almost like end of the world rain with the skies turning black and it saturates all of that stuff. So what do you think happens after it gets saturated? It starts to drip and what it's adding to the water. And this depends a lot on the type of debris, but it's adding phosphates, it's adding nitrates, it's adding organics to the water, which can very easily turn a pool from clear to swamp green in a short time. And if we're not prepared for that, if the chlorine levels on the low side and we're not um, ready for this torrential downpour, it can happen even quicker. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, it's, it comes down to communication. You have to talk to the homeowners. When you see something that's beyond your control, and I talk a lot in the book about things you can do, right? But our pond scenario or a screen enclosure or other things that you see on the property, if there's things that are beyond your control, you need to put that ball in someone else's lap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had the same problem in California because we have a lot of trees hanging over the pools. And I constantly am on the customers about trimming back the trees, oak trees in particular here um, during the season, they really drop a lot of, of the uh, pollen into the pool. And so that's one of our regional problems is the trees around the pools in a lot of our areas here. And I like that. Put the ball in their court. Have the customer trim the trees or clean the trees. Oh, screen. absolutely. Yeah, you have to communicate. You have to tell them. And I would follow with an email, you know. Mm -hmm. So, hey, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, you need to clean your screen enclosure because if you don't, this is what can happen. Then if they don't do anything about it, I've told them about it. This is their fault then when the rain comes and their pool turns green. You know. Most likely it's not going to turn green because I'm going to have the water imbalance, but there's always that possibility mm -hmm. from this influx of, of organic schmutz that it could turn green on you. And and by the you way, your, your book sure. is full of those terms. I was like, what, is, what does this mean? You know, these different terms you're using in there. So I'll have to start Googling those words. You know. <laughs> there, uh, there, there's nothing vulgar, I promise. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, like I was mentioning to you before we started, you know, the book is just like you're in the room talking because you have all these kind of phrases put in there, dropped in there. I mean, I really um, like the aspect of that. That's really, you know, the book is written as a conversation. You know, I'm a pool guy. I consider myself to be a pool guy. I've been a pool guy my whole life. And I've written this book for pool guys and pool women. Uh, the folks that are out there taking care of pool. And I don't necessarily mean that they have to have a service company, but anyone who takes care of swimming pools for a living, that's who I wrote this for. And it, it could even be beneficial for, um, there's some things in there homeowners shouldn't do, but it's, it, it, there's some good stuff in there for that as well to educate. But it's just a pool guy having a conversation with a pool guy or a pool guy having a conversation with a pool woman. That was the, the purpose behind the book. I didn't want to... I didn't, I didn't want to write this, this big textbook thing, and I know it's in textbook format, but what I really just wanted to do was to have conversations with folks on algae, and I think that's what I've covered in the book. So it's just me talking, that's all. But even, yeah, um, yeah so that, that was the main goal behind it. And I think you spent some time in the beginning, well, you spent quite a bit of time in the beginning talking about water balancing, which... In a way, I think, as of course, it's critical with the whole issue of algae. But what would be some of the key takeaways for the listener, you know, about 
balancing a pool water and what does it actually mean to have a balanced pool you know that you hear that term all the time you may not stop and think about what that actually means like i said the book is on how to prevent and or how to get rid of and how to prevent swimming pool algae so it's not a book on algicides. It's A to Z, like you said before. It starts with the environmental factors that could lead to algae. It starts with different types of algae you can expect to see from environmental factors, then to water balance and filtration. And I talk about those things, but only in how they pertain to either getting rid of or preventing algae, because I do stay on topic, I think, pretty well through throughout it. And there's, like I said, there's already plenty of other great books out there mm-hmm. on filter maintenance and things like that. So I didn't want to delve into that. But um, can you repeat that question? I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, the chemistry part. What would be some, some takeaways yeah. on the chemistry? Water balance. That's where we were. I'm so sorry. So water balance is not really anything to do with chlorine. And I guess that can be a common uh, thought for folks because when you think water balance, you know, we take our pool water sample to the pool store. We have the service guy, you know, come out and testing for chlorine is one of the things that they always test for. But what we're really looking at here is the saturation of calcium and carbonate in the water itself. And that's important because the water needs to have that calcium and carbonate in that water so that way it doesn't try to draw it from elsewhere. If it's not saturated enough, it will pull it from elsewhere. And the nearest source of calcium for the water in the pool is where? The pool itself, right? The walls and the floor of the pool. So the pool can pull calcium and carbonate from the walls and floor of the pool. And when that happens, they call that etching. So what happens is is it will start to cause the surface to deteriorate. So if you picture in your mind what the surface of an English muffin looks like with all Mm -hmm. those little nooks and crannies and such like that, that's what would be happening if we don't have enough calcium in the water. If we have too much calcium in the water, then it precipitates out and we end up with scaling. Doesn't lean as much toward an algae problem because scale isn't really porous, but we don't want that either. So we really want it to be in balance. And when we're in balance, it's when the values, when I'm talking about values, pH, carbonate alkalinity, not total alkalinity, pH, carbonate alkalinity, total dissolved solids, calcium hardness and water temperature, are all in their happy place, where they're all getting along the best they can, right? They're all in the spot where we're not, and working together in different numbers where we're not gonna have things precipitate from the water and we're not gonna pull things from the pool. And those little nooks and crannies we spoke about that can happen from surface deterioration when we're looking at water balance, create thousands of little dead spots in circulation, which allow algae to take a foothold yeah that's that's a critical takeaway there i think for for balancing the pool and it's something that a lot of people don't think about and i i, I think about that because i have pools with the etching in there and that's definitely a problem with algae and if you're looking for other podcasts that i recorded you can find those on my website swimmingprolearning.com on the banner click on the podcast icon that'll take you to a drop down menu with over 1300 podcasts that i have recorded and of course you can find part two to this one tomorrow If you tune in and you can always go back and listen to part one and two from that link in my from my website. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more about that at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer 
backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.